Indescribable Podcast Adam, Todd, and Lindy Post one Indescribable Podcast They'll recap CXG On one Indescribable Podcast They'll share their points of view And in this one Continue with us in water case while Bex has to deal with a creepy new house guest, but she swears it's not weird cause she's in a swimsuit plus Greg and Heather split now on to your favorite podcast where we bring our of our hot for you. Yes, that is right. Welcome to another episode of One Indescribable Podcast, where we are here breaking down crazy ex-girlfriend episode by episode we are barreling through season one this is season one episode 13 we are uh heading face first there and i adam h am joined by two of my very good friends that you know and love that are here with me every single week todd todd delay brain how are you i am fantastic the musical finally dropped i don't have to worry yes. about whether it's ever going to come <laughs> out ah oh, it's just such a relief the musical is out there now it did. It's going to be really funny because they're going to hear the last episode, but we're still not knowing exactly when it's going to drop. And like we talked about that. So they're going to hear that a week after it actually dropped. And then when you're listening to this now, two weeks after it dropped, you're going to hear us be incredibly happy that it actually dropped. So, uh, yes, it did drop. It dropped yesterday and it was amazing. Todd, we did a lot of work on there, uh, a little bit more on that musical in just a second. But the other person with us here today, as always, TV Lindy, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Still laughing at you, always saying we're barreling through the show, but here we are. We are, man. Week after week, we just come through and we barrel. I think like that, you know, if we're like making merch, I think that like us three in a barrel heading for, <laughs> there's like something there. Anyway, I couldn't think of like a better segue to get us into the guest that we have today other than a barrel, because this person is famous over here in the PSR Discord playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, of transporting his sauce via barrels in a pickle barrel. It's Touchdown Tommy Basula. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I just let me get out of my barrel real quick. Yeah, and, uh... get out of the barrel. Uh, I, I don't think Todd was expecting that segue <laughs> at all. And neither was Lindy. And Lindy has no context. So it's my no favorite context. thing is like Lindy's... The look on Lindy's face is she's trying to process the barrel comments. And she's just like, what in the world are you people talking about? It's just gold. Yeah, <laughs> and like, meanwhile, the last four weeks, of, as I have been saying barrel, I've had this like segue in my head the whole time of like, yes, we this has to be what it is. Tommy, we don't have to, but do you want to like give any context to the barrel? Before we like even introduce you or like what you do or who you are, do you want to like bring us up to speed on the barrel situation that you have going on? Yeah, my character in D&D &D is just obsessed with barrels. And it's, 
Honestly, I am too. Barrels are, are the best transportation yes. device you can have out there. It's sure. my new new hot take coming strong. Uh, we should just be using barrels for everything. Forget envelopes. Just stick it in a barrel, <laughs> roll it down the street. <laughs> Forget envelopes. It's barrels. Okay. Uh, outside of barrels, Tommy, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you here. Uh, tell us like a little bit about you. What do you like do? What is, what's your life? Who is Tommy? Man, I just, I feel like I need to look at a mirror for a second and be like, who is, who is the <laughs> yeah, Tommy? It gets very contemplative here from time to yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a guy, you know, I hang out uh, a lot of times on the PSR discord, uh, doing D and D DMing there. Other than that, I run a couple podcasts myself, uh, do my job then just kind of somehow have time to uh also live i guess sure yeah. uh yeah like from time to time we do live uh tommy you are the third head we like talked about this a little bit last week you were the third head of 3ng uh you and myself and todd uh obviously are part of the group that uh did the musical and so uh it's very fitting that you're here like the day after we released the musical um, and you had like such a huge part in that. Uh, the editor of the whole entire thing is here with us. So uh, yeah, so that's you know how we know Tommy. That's how Tommy got here onto this podcast. How he met Todd and I. Uh, I'm you know he's still gonna pick Team Lindy for the game. Like we all know it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I'm already over it. But Tommy, what we don't know is your history with this show with Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh, and so I think I would love to know. How did you start? Like, what did you see? You know, what kind of got you in and then what kept you there? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was like pretty much a big musical uh, fan. My mom uh, took me to every musical. She's a huge fan. And so that kind of drew me in instantly. And then obviously when you get past the musical part of the show, you see there's like some really good arcs going on, some really cool character arcs. And I think what's fascinating about a show like this, and and sometimes um, my issue also with it is, it's it's very self-deprecating and very like um it's hard every character has a flaw and a lot of those flaws are things that i see in myself and so sometimes when watching i'm like uh so i have a love-hate relationship with this where i started real strong went all the way through and i say about season three i think i dipped off so i know little things here and there around season three but I, i'm in the midst a little bit wow okay uh that's very good to know and very exciting that you like have this opportunity here uh, hopefully, you know, as long as you're, you know, still with us at that point that you're following along through season four as we finish out the show, but that's great. Um, yeah, the show can definitely get a little self-deprecating at times. I mean, our, I think like our favorite song last week was you stupid bitch. So, uh, you know, from time to time it can certainly happen, but, um, yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, that you're here talking with us about crazy ex girlfriend. And I think like we should just dive right into it. Waste no more time up front talking about barrels or self-deprecation or musicals or anything else. Let's get into the episode. I'm ready. Todd, are you ready? I'm ready. Perfect. I, I can see the look on Tommy's face that he's ready. Lindy, take us through it. All right, let's go. Let's go all the way to Los Angeles because this episode is called Josh and I Go to Los Angeles. And like we were talking about last week, last week's episode felt kind of... Like part one of something, it was a little 
loose ends at the end there. And here we pick up right where we left off last episode. Rebecca has just walked into Joss's apartment and Valencia and Greg are standing there with Trent, her fake boyfriend. And she walks in and just started making out with him. And so that's where we pick up in this episode. And somehow after they've made out, Rebecca and Trent managed to convince the group that they're dating. Trent totally goes along with it. So, but Valencia still not buying it, not buying it at all. She's like, that's not your boyfriend. That picture you said was taken last week was taken five years ago. And Rebecca can't come up with any explanation for that. But Trent jumps in and he's like, oh, you know, I labeled it wrong. Look at Trent. I mean, he just immediately goes along with this. I mean, gosh. Okay, this was like such a weird scene right up front, right? Because we ended the last episode with them kissing right in front of everyone. I think we were all like, oh, like we were, you know, holding our breath. I was holding my breath at the end of the last episode. And then like, you know, they like full on make out here in this scene like a lot. Um I think it is, like, pretty astute of Valencia to, you know, say what we will about her. I think she's been, like, on it from the start. And even, like, through this, she's able to see, like, right through the situation. But I would also say this is, like, potentially best case scenario for Rebecca, right? Like, as creepy as this is, as, like, awful as Trent, like, Trent is, I don't know, like, what situation could have worked out better in Rebecca's favor that the person that she picked, <laughs> like, is willing to go along with this after being, like, drugged to Valencia's house. I don't know. This, like, seems to, like, magically work out for Rebecca somehow. I think the Trent stuff in this episode is so funny. I totally agree. Like, nothing of anything that might or might not happen in the future. This episode with Trent is just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see the episode. Trent is very Rebecca in a lot of the ways, <laughs> only more, <laughs> more so. It, yeah, it was it's interesting. Spicy. It was interesting seeing Trent. First, I can't like look away from his jawline. Like it's just it, it's chiseled. Just a, yeah, a beautiful <laughs> jawline. So that's a, but then but then, I, that jawline still does not make up for making out in front of people. I'm sorry. That is a red <laughs> flag, Adam, and and everyone. It, it is a red flag that and they happen a lot in this episode. Like I don't know. I just find if my friends just started making out with in front of me, I don't think I'd be friends with them. Like, oh, you would just end the friendship. Uh, it's over. Like, yeah, like that openly, just like aggressively in the doorway. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Wow. No, that's a. That's, a, that's the deal breaker with Tommy. It's good to know. Good I will know. say... Whenever you want to pull the ripcord in your friendship with Tommy, just... Just like, start making out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's the option. I will say, like, the quantity to which they made out was, like, a, a problem for me. It was, you know, it wasn't just, like... This is, you know, we're really, like, getting in the weeds here on, like, the mechanics of what they're doing. But, like, I don't know. It was multiple seconds. Like, it was, like, very clearly a lot of tongue going on in there. You know, like, if you're just, like, a, you know, peck on the cheek or, like, a kiss, like, you know, fine. But if it's lasting, like, three seconds or more, ah. Uh, I mean, also- Rebecca was trying to sell it. She was like, she oh, no, it. I've been caught. Let me make out with him by myself a few seconds. 
and maybe convince them that I'm making out with my boyfriend. Uh, admittedly, Rebecca's ability to go along with it in this moment, I think was impressive, right? Because it was like, man, this boyfriend that I made up is here. And now we've just kissed for the last eight seconds. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. And of course, like her voice gets super high and like, you know, like it always does in those types of situations for her. But uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's an interesting opening there. But they, you know, the group kind of collectively is like, okay, even though Valencia is obviously not buying it. But the moment has moved on enough for Rebecca to explain to Josh what she just learned about this whole water conspiracy in the city. And she says she needs Josh to meet her later, you know, at the office. And this whole time, like Valencia and Greg in the background just look so confused. They're like, what the heck is happening? But... Rebecca leaves and Valencia just says, I can feel it's not true. <laughs> Even though they've seen with their own eyes all this making out, she's like, no, I'm not buying it. And Greg has the opposite reaction. He is like snapped out of it. He's like, I've been an idiot. What am I doing here? <laughs> like, I can't believe I've been caught up in, he calls it bunch sanity. <laughs> yeah. And he leaves to go pick up Heather, who's his girlfriend. He was like, what the heck was I doing here? And after he leaves, Josh and Valencia are talking about how, you know, Josh is really into this case. He says it could be great for him. And he asks Valencia to trust him. And she says, okay. And something I thought was interesting about this episode is I think this is the only time we see Valencia here, right? I believe so, yeah, because I don't, because everything else we see Josh quite a bit, but it's always like in the law offices or at the case, and Valencia is definitely not any of those places. So yeah, this is like the only time she pops up in this episode, for sure. Maybe that contributes a little bit to what happens at the very end here. <laughs> you know, she's not really around in, in all these proceedings, like she doesn't show up at the courthouse. I mean, even White Josh is there. Valencia is this a not dig on Valencia? Is that what's happening right now? I'm just asking. I'm we're asking where so is far she? ahead of ourselves. But I'm like, sorry. Man, Josh doing what he did, and now we're dragging Valencia for it. <laughs> I, no, oh my gosh! I'm simply asking, like, where is her presence in this episode? Uh, I mean, we had seen in the, in the previous episode, right? Of like, it's a very sensitive topic of like, she's not on the lease. And so like, you know, the, you can't be involved with the landlord stuff. I don't know. It's like very ticky tack, but I think that's like what we're led to believe with why she's not, at least at the law offices, maybe at the, at the courthouse. It's not nothing that happened this episode is Valencia's fault. Let me that just That is not be very what I'm clear. saying. I never said anything <laughs> okay. with her fault. I, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. wondering like, where is she? Like maybe Josh you know, didn't see her at all, just like we didn't. I don't know. She's not making out with another guy. That's where she is. <laughs> she better not be doing it in front of people, too. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> That'd be the worst part of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we get this cute scene with Daryl and White Josh. I'm probably going to say that about every single scene there. <laughs> this cute so scene. Okay. <laughs> Not to start the cute watch. We have the weird watch for the show and the cute watch for Lindy describing white Josh Daryl scene. That can be my segment. Like, you guys have your own segment. You've got, you know, Adam's Kitchen Corner. You've got Todd's 
what is it called? Todd's Game, Game Corner. Corner. Todd's Game Corner, newly minted um, newly song for that. New song that everyone heard two weeks ago, yes. Like, I want a little segment with a little song. Is that too much to ask? Well, what do you want? It? Yeah, let's L- come up with Lindy's it right cute now. Corner. Lindy's Cute Corner? That's what you want? <laughs> uh, we're going to workshop that, but okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was it. Uh, we'll get there. Well, anyway, this scene, Daryl comes back to the gym. As in the last episode where we left off was, you know, Daryl had kissed White Josh, and we didn't really see the aftermath of that. So we see Daryl come back to the gym, and he he thanks White Josh for the kiss. And he's about to leave, but he was like, uh, you know, unless you want to kiss again for any reason. <laughs> and White Josh is like, okay. <laughs> and they kiss again. I love Daryl's. I love how Daryl was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. But, you know, if there's any reason you want to kiss again. <laughs> I loved it. What about that kissing in public, Tommy? We loved that. Were there people around? Did, were there... I don't know. It was a gym. Probably, I don't know. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there must have been. Yeah, but there was, I guess so. But there was I no mean... one else standing around that we saw. Is but... it a proximity issue? Yeah. And then also for those, I mean, to go back real quick, for those friends, I would be looking away. Like, be polite, look away. They look like they had popcorn and they were just like watching the show. Gosh. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was kind of a show of like this guy that Rebecca's never met. Now they're kissing for like a lot of seconds. I would certainly be like staring at that in disbelief as well. So, but I, I with Daryl, I, I mean, I'm I am a Daryl fan. He's just like all his mannerisms are just very funny, and the actor does such a good job with it. And uh, yeah, this is I, I'm with Lindy. This is very cute. Yes, and then after they kiss, Daryl asks White Josh out for a drink, and he does all these weird accents. He's clearly like really nervous, but he's really excited about it. Um, but the thing is, White Josh realizes that Daryl doesn't want to go anywhere where there will be people they know. So he says, you know, you can do what you need to do, but I'm not going to go back in the closet. And I think that's like a really healthy boundary that he sets there. Like, you know, you do what you got to do, but you can't, you can't force me to do that because I'm comfortable with myself, you know? Because he came out when he was 12, and before that was the worst four years of his life or something like that. Like, White Josh, like, we've one thing we learned about White Josh is he made decisions early on in his life, and he stuck with them. Between that and him being a, a fat kid and getting himself in shape at, like, the age of eight or nine or yeah, something like, like seven that. Yeah, like, or then, something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, it was like, like uh, White Josh knew early on what he needed to do, and he stuck with it. And for that, I commend him. Yeah, by golly, he's done it. Yeah. So then we see Rebecca at the office. She's explaining to everyone about how, you know, all the landlords are being bribed to divert water to Los Angeles and they can get plaintiffs from everywhere and make this big class action lawsuit. And, you know, Rebecca tells Josh to call all his friends and families in this area so they can join in the suit. This is all just like lawyer case stuff. It's not super exciting, but. Yeah, but the. The one thing, so she compares the whole thing to Chinatown, and not a single person in the room has even heard of Chinatown, the movie, which I, uh, so I have just have to ask, out of this group, who has at least heard of Chinatown? I'm not surprised if anyone hasn't seen it, but has anyone not heard of the movie Chinatown? Well, I heard it in the show. Mm-hmm, yes, yeah, <laughs> that count? <laughs> oh my lord. Oh, I, I'm with you, Todd. I have heard, I know the plot. I have not seen it myself, but I, I am aware of Chinatown. 
Okay, good. Good. I, I had a feeling I was going to come on here and possibly be the only one who had seen it. I wasn't sure if I'd be the only one who had heard of it. So at least at least Tommy has, has heard of it. Chinatown, or as Daryl calls it at one point, Chinatime or whatever. <laughs> Man. I've been to Chinatown this? in Chicago many times. Does that, do I get anything there? No. Okay. I get nothing. Just some nothing. delicious food. Um, yeah. No, never heard of the movie before this, so. Hopefully that's not what the quiz is today, or else I'm in real trouble. It was under consideration, I'll say that. But uh... I feel like we never have expertise on the topic, so True. it really doesn't matter what you pick. Yeah. <laughs> so then Rebecca goes back to her house, and this is a great scene. She walks in, and Trent is just standing there in her house, and she screams. It's so funny. And Trent says, you know, you should lock your back patio. Hmm. Oh, we have You should this. lock your back patio. <laughs> All right. <huh>? Okay. All <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> if Trent coming in the open back patio door is the creepiest thing that Trent does this episode, then uh, I don't know. I, oh, the it's, only... <laughs> it's not even close to the creepiest thing he does this episode. But still, the creepy guy... This is your house, not any trouble. Because... He made dinner, Todd. He was... <laughs> uh, the one thing that I will say that I, like, loved how the show did this, when Trent showed up again, I had, like, forgotten about Trent in the same way that, like, I think Rebecca had also forgotten about Trent, like, throughout her day. And so, like, this isn't the only time she, like, goes back to the apartment. It's like, <gasps> Trent's there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, yeah, Trent's there. <laughs> Trent's there. Uh, so I, like, I really love that, like, all, you know, both times that that happened. That's a good point. Yeah, you are also surprised that he's standing there. And Rebecca asks if he's going to kill her. And he's like, no, I love you. <laughs> Like the only thing more surprising than him being like, yeah, I'm here to kill you. No, I love you. And he says that he's loved her since freshman year when he saw her eating a mac and cheese sandwich mm. at Harvard. Oh, my gosh. Mm. What are What is everyone's thoughts on the mac and cheese sandwich concept? I've never had one, but I would be all in. Mac and cheese in whatever form, I'm all in. Is Is the bread also toasted? Is it like a panini? Is like a oh dress? yeah, of course. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. So there, we're all in on this. I think we're yeah. all in. Oh, thank you. Okay, yeah. wonderful. I'm so glad because <laughs> this sounds amazing. <laughs> it, well, have you, have you ever had like a mac and cheese? I, like sometimes you put like mac and cheese on a burger, or uh, I've, I mean, I've had a mac and cheese sandwich before. There was a there was a place like very um, I don't know. It was like a very weird place. It was called Tom and Chi. And so it was like a, a tomato soup and grilled cheese place that was like very specifically designed for like the hot, you know, very bougie, classic Adam stuff of like very high quality, like cheeses and breads and soups and stuff like that. But it was like, you know, they had a mac and cheese soup with, with the, or the mac and cheese sandwich with tomato soup. And it was delicious. It was very good. There's mac and cheese pizza out here. So. Yeah. Um, CC's pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big sandwich guy. So uh, uh, big Sammy's as I call them. And, Love uh, a Sammy. Yeah, and uh, would eat so many of these mac. Put a little hot sauce, maybe. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes, if you want. You know, okay, I'll take it back. No hot. Yeah. Sauce. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm all for some some spicy mac and cheese. I, I love me some some. It's spicy like some mac buffalo and mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah, mm, yeah so good. Uh, 
That's I love right, cheese. Should we just open up a food truck? Let's forget the podcast. <laughs> <Was> that... <laughs> we'll start a mac and cheese sandwich food truck. Yeah, that was the rejected plot of the movie Chef uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, podcast, the food truck. Um, was this was this Adam's Kitchen Corner? Does that count? I think I think we did it, right? For sure. I think probably, okay. yeah. All right, okay, yeah. we did it, yeah. Gotta get it there at least once an episode. Yeah, congrats, Tommy. Like, we had it, you know, we got it on your episode, Adam's Kitchen Corner. Well done. I know, like, that was a big goal for Melissa. Like, she was worried about not getting it, but we got it. (laughs) I think there's going to be more, to be honest. Oh, okay. Is there? Okay. Later. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, because Josh is a child. Yes, okay. We can continue. (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) anyway, anyway. So, (laughs) Trent kind of explains how he got there. He was like, I saw you friended me on Facebook and then some lady called and thought I was your boyfriend. And then, you know, I showed up there. What are the odds? So weird, right? I love, I love that he does the so weird, right? I love like, just like all these things. Like here he is someone who has been obsessively in love with this person who barely knows he exists, you know, for years. And he's dropping the so weird, right? things and just like little things that show that he is like this kind of fun house mirror version of Rebecca. Like he kind of is like her, but to like uh, even more, you know, out there degree. So I love that. Also the weird meter gets broken during the scene. Like the number of times the word weird gets dropped between the two of them, just this exchange is wild. So Rebecca thanks him for covering for her, but she's like, we're not going to be in a relationship. And he says, well, I don't want to go back to your friends and tell them I don't know you. I would much rather stay here and make you dinner. And he's also like telling her these things about himself, like to make him sound interesting. Yeah. How he works, what things like what he drags like trees and something else for his workouts, you know. That's how he gets I mean, that chiseled jaw, I guess. I mean, at this point, he's already there. The dinner's. I, I mean, I, I probably would just take the dinner. I guess at that. Oh point. yeah, yeah. You take already, the dinner ten times out of ten. Yeah. Then, then you call the cops and say, "All right, you're you're a, you're a weirdo. Get out of here." After I have my dinner. Well, no. <laughs> you you let them live their home. No. I don't know. <laughs> Adam's oh, all in on Trent. Right. Trent. Trent's his new a uh, no no no. no, no. <laughs> you go to visit Adam. It's like, oh, don't mind the guy on the couch. That's just Trent. He, he cooks me dinner sometimes. Don't worry about it. Listen, is it like the okay? <laughs> or like really? Is it like the worst thing in the world for someone to like be coming into your life or saying I love you and I'm gonna cook you dinner and do all the dishes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Tommy is silently nodding his head right now. Like, yes, yes I, I could think of worse things. Adam, are you okay? Is there someone else in your apartment right now? <laughs> no, and you can't no. say anything there's... to offend them. No, of course. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I I learned so much about all of us every week <laughs> about what we would do in these situations, and it's always surprising. I don't think I'm like as out on Trent as other people are. I'm not okay. I'm not pro Trent. I'm not saying that I like this is like my classic like Todd hedging <laughs> comments here. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm pro Trent, but like I don't know. He's uh, maybe better than Josh. I do love the I am the go to example for the flip flopper. I'm the. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the next day, Rebecca is telling Paula what happened, and he was like, you know, if he makes a good dinner, and he rubbed my feet, and Paula's like, um, and Rebecca's like, don't worry, I wore a bathing suit. It wasn't weird, I wore a bathing suit. I <laughs> it wasn't weird, I wore a bathing suit. A line which will come back later. But this exactly. Really like, if you have to practice something of it's not weird, it's clearly weird. Like, you even know it because you are justifying it before you present the information. Oh, she was so wearing good. a bathing suit, though, Tommy. But, you know, it wasn't You're right. Yeah. Is that where Paul is like, oh, why don't you call the cops? And Rebecca's like, well, yeah. what am I supposed to say? Like, I I told everyone this was my boyfriend. He's my fake boyfriend. and But he actually wants to be my real one. <laughs> like, yeah, that'll sound, you know normal oh what a situation this is becoming okay so then we get totally different storyline greg and heather this episode so we see them at home base you know obviously greg's been working there for the whole show and he's kind of showing heather around she's loving it and turns out greg's gonna give her a recommendation so that she can possibly work there as well and she's like, are you sure? You know, I've quit every place in town. We've even seen that. She, you know, quit in the middle of the street being like, I quit. <laughs> and he's like, of course, you know, want to be around you. And I don't know, like, is this a good idea? Is this something they should try? No. Dear God, no. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. I don't, you know, the life advice with Adam here. Do not like go and intentionally work with your partner if you're like already not working together that's like such a bad idea for so many reasons uh it, there were like some really funny lines of like yeah we're gonna like do it in the stock room and like the boss is so creepy in so many ways uh like <laughs> really creepy <laughs> it's just a, it's such a bad situation i do not support this at all you should not be working together I think in certain sense, I think if you're working for someone else, maybe like if you're like, like just equals on it, like, and you're like, let's say you're just office workers, generic. And then like you have a boss, maybe one's doing better than the other. You get that animosity. But what if they're, what if they open a business together? What if two partners want to open a food truck together, Adam? Are you saying they should, it's like, oh, one of them should only follow their passion, not both of them? If it's two people's passion, to go open up a food truck. Go crazy. You know, just go for it. I'm all for it. In this particular situation where <laughs> they are not owning their own business, but rather working at a bar, wherein the hiring process consisted of the potential employee telling the boss that he, he was, was going to have sex with another employee in the stock room, and it ended in the boss saying that the potential employee was beautiful and giving an unconsenting hug, I'd say let's maybe not do that. That's all on Kevin, though. And, you know, we'll get to that. But th that's not that's not Heather and Greg's fault. Like, Kevin was You think this weird. was, like, a good move by Greg to, like, bring Heather in here? Oh, maybe not for Greg personally. I think if we're talking generally, I don't think I you think can make a blanket like statement, like, oh, this is a bad idea always. Especially at a restaurant. I feel like that's an environment where it's, like, really like busy and it's nice to like chat with your coworkers and you know you know bond with them and have fun from my personal experience and i can see how that might be fun for people 
I think it's situational to situational and like where you are in your relationship. I I did work with a significant other once. I worked at an amusement park and that was fine. You know, it was fun. We could see each other. We waved. We ate lunch together. That was nice. Adam, lunch, you know. You didn't do it in the stock room? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Adam, so we're just bringing the episode into the situation. Oh God. Okay, this has been fun. I, Bye. I, uh, so that's our episode. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We will never have a guest again. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it's a good thing that our, our guests of next week won't have heard this, so that unless Tommy warns them, I think. <laughs> oh, Tommy's face is so red right now. <laughs> I don't even know where we go from here. I guess just that was I, the scene. Okay. Love seeing more Heather in the episode. Uh, yeah, love seeing more Heather. I do love that never uh, Kevin shows up. He's like, uh, hi. And, and Heather's like, what? And Greg's response is, he's aggressively friendly. You're going to hate it. That's just like understandable. So back at Rebecca's office, everyone's, you know, making phone calls, getting people to join in this lawsuit. And, you know, it's going great. But then George walks in. I think this is the first time we ever see George. Yep. And I don't know when uh, he becomes a a big, big character later on. I don't know. I don't think it, he really becomes a big character until the next season. I don't yeah, know if we he's have a little more, bit here. But uh, yeah, he was... becomes like a, a pretty major character uh, after another character joins the firm and kind of gets involved a business with that. But uh, I was surprised to see him here. I was like, oh, it's George. But he didn't yeah. have like a ton to do in this episode. Yeah, he pops in, like says, I, uh, the other firm is here. And Rebecca's like, okay, George. You know, I'm like, oh, he even got name dropped in the first episode. But yeah, I like he walked in. And I was I was shocked. Like, I did not remember him showing up this early. Yeah, and Rebecca thinks that, you know, the water company's here because, you know, they know she's got this, this case and it's, you know, solid. And she's like, the water company's confidence has evaporated. <laughs> and I <laughs> love that. <laughs> Every time Rebecca makes a pun and people just stare at her, it's just the best. Just like no one else is like, and she's she's makes the pun and she's laughing and they're all just kind of staring at her blankly. But Josh said she was cool after that. It's good. Yeah, which is I would have said she was cool. I loved that pun. <laughs> it was funny. I don't know. I don't know if I ever associate coolness with pun making. Even though no, I do, uh, certainly uh, not. Lindy is. Oh. <laughs> wow. wow. I... <laughs> You'll let some rando move into your apartment, but you don't think puns are cool. Wow. We stoop, really. Uh... Stoop to Kevin level, level and ask inappropriate questions to the guys. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Uh, we're really taking a lot of this out of context here. I mean, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, someone who's listening to this will have heard all of the context. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, I love a good pun as much as the next guy. I don't know if it makes us cool, though, when we use them. I'm going to prove you wrong. Okay, someday. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. There's going to be one pun laced somewhere in this podcast that's going to make Lindy so cool. And I can't wait to hear when she drops it. And then you'll say, you're cool. Yes. Get ready for that moment. 
sometime in the next hour. So excited. All right. So Rebecca walks out and she sees the firm and turns out it's her old firm from New York. And they sent none other than her, not really frenemy, just straight up enemy, Audra Levine. Yes, the oft-discussed Audra Levine. The oft-rubbed in Rebecca's face by her mother, Audra Levine. We even got was... the little flashback of, of the of the time when Rebecca's mom was on the phone, I think, at the gynecologist of, like, yelling at Rebecca, like, this is what your life could have been if you had made not dumb choices or, or whatever she said, so. Yep. I remember being surprised that they actually had Audra showed up. I, I always too. thought the Audra was just going to be, like, one of those things that always got thrown in Rebecca's face by her mom, but I didn't think it would ever be a character would ever actually show up on the show. So whenever she actually popped up, I was, like, really surprised the first time. Yeah, and she actually looks basically exactly like Rebecca looked when she was in New York in the pilot. She's wearing like a blue dress and like a black blazer and her little short bob haircut. Exactly like Rebecca looked when we first saw her. And, you know, Audra just like smiles at Rebecca like she knows she's about to one-up her. And we see this flashback to when they were kids. And I thought it was interesting how um, Rebecca, as a kid at one you know suggested that they team up because they were both trying to be you know really great and getting good grades and stuff but audra said no i want to be the best and you're in my way so audra as a, an adult is talking to rebecca now and she's calling this firm a dump and this town a dump and <laughs> josh is offended when she says that but paula just kind of silences him and she's like it's not that great <laughs> I love that she's just like, no, it's not worth it. Like, <laughs> um, and Audra is here, I guess, to offer a settlement. No settlement. <laughs> love how she just pulls the rug out there. And Daryl is shocked. Yeah, well, you just you just did that to be mean. <laughs> Poor Daryl. And Audra tells Rebecca to withdraw the case and save yourself the embarrassment of everyone knowing you're a loser. Oh, and those words have to cut deep for Rebecca, who, as we've seen, has been called a loser by her mother. So, you know, that's got to really affect her. And then we go into the first song of the episode, Chat Battle. Woo! Tommy, what are your thoughts? You know, at first I was, I was like, I feel like I dipped a toe in. I was like, okay. And it started to pick up a little bit for me. Uh, I... I kind of felt some like Hamilton, the the farmer refuted song, you know, that, that the one where like Hamilton's trying to roast that guy in the bar. That's how it kind of felt here, especially when it got into that like deep, deep, deep part, you know, it got a little nicer. Can deep, you do that one more time for us, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it went deep, deep, deep. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that part. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I actually really, I, I actually did enjoy this song. I think like, um, one of the things that's notable for me is actually how long it is. It always feels like a pretty lengthy song overall. And I actually like appreciate that. I think that like, you know, this is the first time you would Audrey Levine. It's like a pretty big shift from any of the songs that they had done so far in season one, I think. And so, uh, I liked it like, a, you know, good, like rap battle going back and forth of like, there's some really witty stuff in there. I adored the background dancers. I freaking loved seeing Josh and Paula and Daryl back there, like 
you know, you could, no one could see what I just did, but like, you know, they're like really getting into it and they were like pumping her up and amping her up behind her. So uh, I loved it. I actually really like this song a lot. Would this be your crew you would pick for your hype crew? Oh, like, if I uh, could pick three? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is Oh, he's having to stop and think about it. That's not a good sign. Tom. Well, yeah. I'm just going back and remembering that, like, not even all of you would throw a rock through my window <laughs> if it comes down to it. So I don't know. So, so, uh, but, but, so Jess Sterling would be in your crew because Jess oh, hundred percent walk through the window for you. Yeah, yeah so. if Jess is willing to be in my crew, then like, uh, you know, without question, like, she gets a spot. I just um, volunteered, and he's like, "Gotta think about it." You throw out <laughs> Jess's name, and it's like, man, if Jess wants to be in my crew. <laughs> I would do anything to make that happen. Uh, You know, uh, you're telling me you wouldn't let Jess in your crew, Tommy? I would, but I let you as well. (laughs) I would. I would be honored to be in your crew. No, this would be fun. I I would totally see one of the Scribble podcasts as a crew going up. You know, you think we could pull off like a rap battle against another crew? I think I think I think we would struggle. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, you just laid the Cathario wrap down on them, Adam, and they're be striking yeah. their boots. Um, uh, an, an infamous a uh, wrap that uh, Adam wrote and performed uh, for a D game, where a uh, where a friend of the podcast Chad made us do a thing where like a. Adam and I are actually were the two that that had to like come up with songs That's on right. the spot, and like it was like a random thing. Like, I got death metal. That was the thing I had to come up with the song styling for really quickly, and then Adam got battle rap. Uh, so yeah, so good times. So you're saying we could do it? We could pull like this crew right here could pull off a rap battle against Audrey Levine or another uh, rival crew, uh, depending on the crew. Possibly. Okay. I think, yeah. Okay. Have to be a, a crew as white as us. I think it would have. Yeah, to be. Well, they would have to be pretty white. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Back to the song. Anyway, Todd, how do you feel about the song? <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of torn on the song. I uh, like I. It's one of the songs where I appreciate it more than I like it. Like I I appreciate how clever it is. I appreciate the lyrics. I appreciate like how well like uh, uh you know the they flow whenever they're doing the rap i mean i'm very very impressed by rachel bloom during her rapping during this i mean she does a phenomenal job but it's also i'm not i'm not a big rap guy like in general it's like not not a genre i'm, I'm super into and I, I like some rap but i don't like a lot of rap and this is one like we talked about before like in terms of like a uh, re-listenability like this is not a song that i listen to over and over again this is a song that i oftentimes skip whenever i'm listening to the soundtrack so i appreciate the skill it took for the song like i really appreciate the lyrics and everything so it's not going to get a horrible score from me but it's also not going to get like a, a fantastic score from me just because it's not one that i listen to a lot that's interesting because i feel like if this came up on shuffle when i'm listening to the soundtrack i don't skip it because i just think it's it's really well done it's really fun and i feel like it doesn't like, like I would re-listen to it because there's so much to it, and it's so interesting to listen to every time. So I'm, I'm like fairly high on this song, and I also think of it as one of the big songs of the show. I don't know if that's just me or. I think I it's because that. it's like so long and so significant, right? Like this is a good chunk of the episode. Uh, I don't know if we like have a runtime on the actual song itself, but like it's a couple minutes long at least. Um, I don't know. I'm with up. you, Lindy. I really like it. I I think this is like such a good 
a good song and like a really good introduction to Audrey Levine as well. It's like two forty-five ish. Okay, I mean that's like long. I think all things considered, See, it feels this- long. I guess. Oh, I was like, what is happening? Who's playing that? <laughs> okay. That was a little snippet for you. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I was trying to look up the, the, the link of the song. And, and I definitely won't cut out that at all, so. Todd, Todd, I already said the length of the song. Well, I know. I was trying to close it out. I was looking it up, and you found it, and then I accidentally hit play as I was trying to close the thing out. Gotcha, gotcha. I feel like Tommy had something to say. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think, you know, for me, I didn't remember this song, but I did remember one of the other songs uh, that's coming up. So, like, I think for me, I'm more, I'm almost in the middle of, of you two where it's like, I, I think if I heard this on a playlist, I'd be like, all right, but I don't think I'd search it out. Like, I don't think I'd, like, be like, yes, this is my, like, I need this in my life. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel I feel pretty much the same way. All right. So that's our first song of the episode. Like Adam said, it's a big song here. And, you know, the firm walks out and Josh asks Rebecca if, you know, she can beat Audra. And she's like, of course. But then when everyone walks away, she says, I scared. <laughs> I love that little moment there. So then is when we see Greg and Heather back at home base and Heather getting the job. And this is where we get Kevin being creepy because, you know, they thought it would be fun to work together so that they can hook up in the storeroom, like we said. And Kevin is like, okay, yeah, you can do that whenever you want. What? (laughs) Kevin, what? (laughs) Yeah, I... Kevin is an interesting individual. I think we've already seen that a little bit from the first first appearance, but this this appearance, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Kevin there. I mean, there, there's aggressively nice, and then there's this, and this is way overboard. What's worse, though, like a boss like this or a boss who's like super mean and like in his office and like just yells at you all the time? I don't know. I feel like I could like ignore the like I could ignore the Kevins um, more than I could ignore the angry bosses. But they're both worse. Yeah, they're both awful. I do want I really to say thought that. you were gonna put a name <laughs> to that angry boss. We can. Do we want to call him like ignore the Kevins, but can ignore the Heralds? So I'll tell you. Yeah, that. we'll call him the Heralds. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Harold doesn't sound like a mean name, but. Oh. Have you ever met a nice Harold? I've never met a Harold. What about a Jiminy? <laughs> Jimothan. Jimothan. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. We 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 can't we can't badmouth Jimothan. Grace will come from us. Anyway, Trent gets ridiculously creepy here. Like especially like that hug at the end where like Heather was like said Trent. or Kevin Trent. They're both, yeah, they're both. Yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, really getting creep- confused here at this yeah. point. Creepy confusion. A lot of creepy a lot of creepy dudes this episode. Uh yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of creepy dudes, we see Rebecca come home again and Trent is still there. <laughs> I like I said before, I like kept forgetting about Trent until like she got back to the house and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Trent's still here. And she asked him to leave, but he made dinner again and she's like, Okay, yeah, uh leave after dinner. And 
And after doing the dishes. And after cleaning the counters. <laughs> you made homemade tagliatelle. It's, I mean, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because he's like, I, he's like, I know I'm blackmailing you, but I really like you and I want to take care of you because, you know, you had a long day. <laughs> I like what he says is like, I, uh, I know I'm blackmailing you and I've been told that's not an appropriate way to meet people. <laughs> so the fact that this is not the first time this has happened, he's had to be told before no trent no bad and so uh, yeah <sighs> trent's but even when he's doing that it's like he's he's still manipulating her it's like even when he's like like being like yeah i know it's like he's just he's just putting those he's feeding her fettuccine i don't know other foods all these different foods and just you know being like don't worry about it as is menacing in the background trent's a bad <laughs> giving her the back rub and everything yeah yeah she was wearing a swimsuit todd it's not weird <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that it's not weird part. so you're right he's totally cool <laughs> i don't even know where to start with trent because it's like he's being so yes he's so creepy like so so stalkerish but at the same time like rebecca is like well you can stay because I want to eat this food and I want you to do the dishes. Like, and and not just stay, but uh, by the end of this, he gets to sleep at the foot of her bed, and his response is like a dog. <laughs> She's like, "Yes, like a dog." Don't act so excited about that. It's like that—that's the moment I wrote down. He gets creepier and creepier. Just... He is so excited, but it's so funny because she's talking about the case and about Audra and, you know, she's feeling down about it. And Trent says, you know, no matter what, I believe in you. And that's what matters, right? And Rebecca's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I everything with Trent this episode is gold. Like all the Trent stuff is just hilarious. It's so good. And then we see Rebecca the next day. She's talking to Paula again. You know, it wasn't weird. She wore her bathing suit <laughs> in the bed while sleeping. <laughs> like, you could wear a different outfit <laughs> if it's about being clothed. No, it's, it's just the bathing suit. The bathing suit is the anti-weird clothing, apparently. Makes you, like, wonder what type of bathing suit she was wearing. I'm, I was picturing, like, a one-piece. Me too. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I was too, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> it's so funny, because I guess it's because that's the kind of bathing suit that would make it not weird. If she was yeah. wearing a bikini, like, that would be weird. <laughs> Just to clarify, there is no type of bathing suit that would make it not weird. But I do agree that, like, on the spectrum of, like, how much more weird does it get relative to bathing suits? Yeah, so one piece is, like, the not weirdest option. Are you calling Rebecca a liar? Rebecca said it's not weird because uh, Rebecca wouldn't lie to us, would she? I don't. I, Never to I no one know. ever. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, they're all at the courthouse. It's Rebecca and Paula and Daryl. And Rebecca is so worried because none of the plaintiffs played. Pl oh my gosh. Plaintiffs? I don't know lawyer talk. Plaintiffs? Okay. <laughs> don't be a lawyer then. <laughs> I am not going to be a lawyer. Okay. Anyway, no one has shown up yet. <laughs> Man, I don't blame him. It's a long drive. To go. <laughs> There's an LA traffic. I'm oh, right? underreported story here. We didn't even address this. Tommy 
you live in LA. This whole episode is like LA centric, and we like didn't even mention that whole thing. Yeah, yeah well, that's the reason is... why we had Tommy on for this episode specifically. Was and Adam's like, like, Tommy, I want you on for the moment they go to LA. When they go yeah, to LA, we're like awful. 50 minutes in and we haven't even mentioned it yet. Well, now they're in LA. Now it's like, now I can show Now my... it's Tommy time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I can bring Tommy out my, my LA degree. I can like, you know, okay. show off all my knowledge of LA. So you're saying it's a long drive. So get... long. Okay. Traffic. You'd hate it, Adam. I, I actually hate traffic a lot. Uh, I don't, that's not a hot take even remotely. Everyone hates traffic, of course, but like I will, I will like take, I will go so far out of my way to drive on a road that does not have traffic than a road that does. Uh, I will add so many miles onto a trip to avoid taking roads that have like lots of traffic. I like to feel like I'm moving. I like to feel like there's forward progress being made, even if I'm going. In even the, if it takes you, you like- more time. Yes. <laughs> Adam, you like to feel like you're barreling ahead. I like to feel like I'm barreling ahead. That's why, yes, it all comes full circle. Barrels. <laughs> Amazing. Barrels. Okay. It has to be our t-shirt now. That's, that's it. You know? Yes, a t-shirt that, what, four people will buy? <laughs> I think it's, oh, it's just right. us, right? I don't think, to, I, you know, I, you know, I think it's like yeah, the, our really three heads <laughs> like popping out of a barrel as we're like rolling our, forward. That's the our episode title is going to be Adam, Tom, Lindy are barreling ahead with Tommy. I think that has to be our episode title now. I like that. That's good stuff. Writing it down <laughs> so don't forget. Of course, everyone what? else already found out what the title was 52 minutes ago, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now That's they know true. why. Now, now you know why. why. They probably could have guessed it at the beginning, but whatever. Let's barrel ahead with the episode. So Josh shows up. Yay. That must be a relief for Rebecca a little bit. And he said he brought Skittles with him because he didn't want to get chocolate on his new suit. So I was wondering, like, Skittles versus chocolate, like, which is better? Is it smart to not get chocolate when you're wearing a new outfit? No. (laughs) How... In the hell is Josh eating chocolate? What is it? Is he doing fondue again with the chocolate? (laughs) I, I, this baffled, I like didn't even catch this the first time I watched it this episode this week. And then it was the second time when I had like saw, when I saw the comments of Skittle versus chocolate, I was like, what did he, what did he say? He said he didn't want to get chocolate on his suit. And therefore, he's buying Skittles. I have, like, no problem with Skittles. I'm, like, not anti-Skittle. It's, like, not my go-to. But, like, how are you getting chocolate on your suit? How are you eating the chocolate? Just eat it. I I have a thought. I have a thought. Okay. Please. You unwrap a piece of chocolate. And you're holding it, you know, in your hand with, you know... And Are we talking full chocolate skin. bar, like a big Hershey's bar? I don't know what kind of chocolate it is, Adam. I'm well, in in your be... situation, in your hypothetical, like is this like a, a big Hershey's bar? I'm thinking like, like a, a piece of like a... chocolate, like a okay. small square of chocolate. Okay, Great. you pick that up with your fingers, and the warmth of your skin, you know, melts a little bit of chocolate onto your hand. So then, after you've eaten the chocolate, you've still got like. melted chocolate on your hands and if you're wearing a new suit like what are you gonna do with that melted chocolate like you're outside of the courthouse like 
you don't have paper towels. So you just wipe it on your suit? It, no, exactly. Which is why you shouldn't buy chocolate. But wait, if it was like one of those doves, can you like unwrap it into your mouth? Like you're unwrapping, and then it never has to touch your hand. You just no, like you how many how many bites that. of that yeah. little chocolate is it taking you to? Are you like nibbling on it like a? You know, like I'm a chipmunk? creating a hypothetical situation in which chocolate could Man, get on the, you. Lindy, I yeah, have I mean, to give it to you. The lengths that you go to to defend Josh in this podcast are incredible. But hey. what's worse, chocolate on your suit or like Skittles colored hands? Like you're going up to like you're you're going up to be like uh, the truth, all the truth, and you just have Skittle covered hands, Skittle covered colored fingerprints. That's so embarrassing. But what if you would That's also, a good unless point. I have like like chocolate on your hands at the, at the okay. same token. So. Why does he need candy before court? <laughs> <laughs> he might he might need some some pick me up. He might need like a little sugar rush. I, I understand because candy is good, and this is a stressful situation. As someone who's been a stress eater for a good portion of my life, I am not going to I... shame Josh for like like needing some candy in this stressful situation. Pick a pick pick a different snack, Josh. Get some like Chex Mix or something. Get some uh, yeah, when I'm craving when I'm craving sweets, Chex Mix is what I go for. No, like you're, you're craving <laughs> candy, you're grabbing candy, and he grabbed candy that oh wasn't going gosh. to cause the situation. I'm I'm with Lindy. Like uh, it's. You're in LA. It's hot. The chocolate can melt. You know, it, it could, you no, know, it's not that it's going to get over you on your suit 100%, but it's a possibility. And Josh, for once, was thinking ahead. I think we should commend him for actually thinking ahead for once in his dumb, dumb life. So I am shocked that we have gotten to this point that we are commending Josh for the situation that happened. That's wow. I, was, I didn't I think this was where uh, the second half of Adam's right. Kitchen Corner was going to go. Like, I don't think we should condemn him for this situation. <laughs> what you're doing, where you're condemning him for like wanting Skittles so he doesn't get chocolate on his suit. You're condemning the man for wanting to have some candy and trying not to get messy. So I feel the need to defend him because I don't think it's a condemnable offense to want chocolate or candy in a stressful situation. Could he eat uh, carrot sticks? Those are <laughs> messy. Carrot sticks? Oh, Celery? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, that, those have been like the per perfect. So whenever I was diagnosed as diabetic, and people were like, "Well, if you need a, a good substitute for uh, for the chocolate, you can have like celery sticks." Like, I'm just not eating anything. I'm just gonna like not eat anything because that's not a good substitute. That is not like, oh, well, instead of this soda, you could drink this. No, I'm just drinking water because this other stuff is crap, and I'm not going to. Well, like, no, Lindy, we no. gotta move on. Ty's Adam, Todd's eyes are nerve. starting to bulge. You are making bad. everyone. Angry. Oh my god. <laughs> I can see the veins in Todd's head starting to pop. We gotta move on. Todd has Ooh. never been this angry on the podcast. Over <laughs> chocolate and Skittles. Unacceptable. It's been a long day. We'll just say that. Okay. All right. Well, it's also been a long day, possibly for Daryl, because you know who showed up? to give him moral support in such a cute display of support. White Josh! Yes, so cute. That's right. I said it. Uh, <laughs> White Josh shows up and Daryl walks over to him and White Josh says, you know, I came for moral support. And Daryl says, oh, you know, for Josh. And White Josh says, no, for you. Oh my gosh. But he says, as a friend. And just adorable. That's my opinion. Love it. Um, and 
meanwhile, we go back to Rebecca and Josh is there, but still no one else is there. And she's worried that he's going to think she's a failure because no one has shown up. But then people start showing up. And then we get the second song in this episode, Flooded with Justice. First, I just want to say I love the way that they they announce themselves as they show up. It's not just like they walk up and they like they stand out and they say the name of where they're from, you know, like Ahumra reporting, this place reporting, South the same place reporting, North the same place reporting. <laughs> well, that's straight out of I mean, like Newsies, uh, Brooklyn's here. That's essentially what they do. And then uh, so I I like that little homage to the Newsies. <laughs> Todd, what are your thoughts on this on this song? Is it going to calm you down a little bit or make you more <laughs> upset? Uh, it's not going to make me more upset, that's for sure. Uh, no, it's it's a fun song. You know, we got the full Les Mis action going on here, so I I have a pretty good feeling Adam's going to be a big fan of it being a uh, Les Mis thing. Uh, and it, it's a fun song. Uh, it, again, it's not one of my favorites. Uh, I love Les Mis, but for some reason, this Les Mis homage doesn't hit with me as much as I wanted it to. I don't know what it is, but it's it's a fun song. And BJ Novak shows up for some bizarre reason. Like they make a make a reference to the fact, like you know, BJ Novak's like meth lab has to stop, and there BJ Novak is in like this like Breaking Bad outfit, going what? <laughs> Just like it's like totally random, which I uh, I appreciated. Yeah, I have, like, no clue why he was actually there. <laughs> it was, like, no context. He, like, that was his only line of, like, the episode. It was, like, right after that song ended. Um, no, but I, obviously, like, anything lame is. Like, I'm all in 100%. I think this was great. Um, I actually do agree with Todd, though, a little bit. I wish that there was, like, a little bit more. I think I wanted – this is going to sound so weird. I think I wanted their choreography to be, like, in time with the music and not halftime. And so they were like marching, but it was like on every other beat. And I think if it was on every beat, it would like, make it more. This is like so specific, <laughs> like nitty gritty. But like, uh, I think if it was like a little bit more high paced and like more energy, I think it would have gotten like more of the feel of like, do you hear the people sing from that? Like, you know, incredibly iconic scene. So, um, but I still loved it. I loved like the whole homage. I love the music of it. Um, it was great. Yeah, I agree, Adam. Uh, I think that they could have went even bigger because, like, again, when you're trying to do like Lame Is, like Lame Is, that like it's epic, and it's like I feel like you gotta like you gotta at least get close to that. Um, and like, just for the record, it's not just Lame Is for Adam. I'm already called it out today. Anything French, if you want, if you want to just please Adam, just say I love French thing, I love Cordon Bleu, and he'll love it. Uh, chicken corn on blue is delicious. I I will not be ashamed for being pro <laughs> chicken corn on blue. <laughs> so at the end of the song, they all walk into the courthouse, and then we see everyone at home base: Heather, Greg, Kevin. They turn on the TV to watch the case play out. I guess Heather says it's on local cable access. Is this a thing? Are court case? Oh, they are. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, this is way out of my. <laughs> it's like obviously not filmed like this. It seemed like they were watching something closer to Judge Judy, and like you know, yeah. local public access is much just like one garbage camera in the back <laughs> of the room that like you know no one can hear like anything that anyone's saying, and it's like all blurred and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a thing. Like you know, local public access channels are certainly have stuff like this happening. Gotcha. I've never explored that, but. 
everyone at the bar apparently is just so interested in this and okay i know we talked about how kevin was super creepy earlier but in this scene i think it's kind of endearing how he's so proud of his regulars like being in this court case on the tv he says you know oh he's pointing at rebecca like oh that's one of our regulars you know the one who custom orders all those cheeseburger pizzas (laughs) (laughs) and josh shows up like oh that's josh he's another regular he uh, he drinks beer from the bottle yeah, yeah I would not it. frequent this bar. Like, if someone's just gonna shout all my like my like order, like I don't know, like some privacy, Kevin. Like, maybe I don't want everyone to know that I order cheeseburger pizzas every day, or you know, like some some discretion is what I want from my bar from my bartender. Not gonna get that from Kevin. No. That's a good point. I I I liked his reactions, but now that you say that, yeah, he is violating their privacy. You know. Now I'm conflicted. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Heather, Heather, I think she says Rebecca looks hot or something. And then Greg, like, turns it off. But everyone is like, no, because they want to watch it. Um, Greg's clearly, you know, trying not to engage with any of this Rebecca stuff. Like, he does not want to even be thinking about it. So he's trying to get away from it, but he can't escape it. Um, we see Rebecca call Josh to the stand. Like you said, Todd, Kevin loves that guy. <laughs> um, and Greg is so annoyed. And then we see a bunch of witnesses testifying. And Kevin says to Greg, like, look how good all our girl is doing. We're talking about Rebecca. And Greg is like, she's not my girl. I'm not interested. <laughs> and Heather gives him this look, like, interesting. <laughs> I mean... What do we think Heather's thinking in this moment? Is she like, oh, like, I know exactly what's happening? Or is she just, like, starting to pick up on it? I think it's, like, both, right? I think she's, like, you know, picking up on this this whole idea that, you know, eventually will get you in just a few minutes of, oh, I get it now, you know? Yeah, and then Rebecca calls Bert to the stand. Basically, I think he's, like, her key witness because he's got all the proof about the water companies he used to work there and um audra walks up to cross-examine him and heather leads a chant of booze back at the bar (laughs) and kevin is like i don't like her looks like she orders everything on the side (laughs) yeah i I loved heather heather booing and i loved that like she didn't even care about the name it's just like boo lawyer lady (laughs) so i loved all the the uh the, the people that went up, what I wanted to comment on was uh, the one com- said like, oh, I w- I'm just waiting for those fancy L.A. hot showers. Well, I am too. <laughs> I live in L.A. And this is my, the, my L.A. knowledge. I mean, like, it's not that hot. Like, I, it's no different than anywhere else. I've lived in other places. It's, ju- it's just as hot. It's not like more hot because it's in L.A. I think the problem is you're not one of the celebrities, Tommy. Oh. I think that, that's the thing because they and during the song they talk about how this all the things going to the celebrities and their their ecstasy labs and things like that. So it's it's all so if you're like the the big Hollywood mogul, then you'd be getting those uh, yeah, fancy L.A. hot showers. Got you. So just us peasants, we we don't get those bougie showers. We just get the the just like everyone else. Seems like something that someone from Big City Water would say. Tommy. Is there a conspiracy here on the podcast? Uh, it's just like China time. Just like China time. <laughs> just, 
I can neither confirm or deny if I. <laughs> so the real I'm reason a... we brought Tommy on the podcast is to expose his connections. Yeah, we got him. Yeah. Oh, you guys are good. You tricked me. Yeah, we did this. We did this whole podcast. Like we've done thirteen episodes just for this. It's like hard journalism. Open a yeah. sting, Tommy. <laughs> is is Todd the librarian secretly a lawyer? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't be a lawyer. Yeah, we know it's not me. <laughs> uh, so Audra is questioning Bert, and you know, she she has this confidence about her, like, oh, she knows that she is gonna, you know, totally win against Rebecca because she reveals that Bert is diagnosed schizophrenic, and kind of everything. Everyone starts talking, and Rebecca asks for a recess in the court. So she and Paula are talking, you know, privately, trying to figure out what to do. And then Trent shows up. Adam, were you surprised to see Trent here again? Did you forget again that he exists? I certainly, like, didn't expect to see him here in the courtroom. Uh, I don't know if I, like, fully forgotten at that point, but it was definitely a surprise to, like, see him walk through the door. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he comes in with, like, his, you know, case of papers. Yeah, so he hacked into Greater City Water's server and got her printouts of emails that totally exposed this cover-up. And, I mean, way to go, Trent, for finding that proof. <laughs> but uh, he asked if he can sleep in the bed now. <laughs> <laughs> and Paula just responds, no. <laughs> she, she speaks. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Paula was cracking me up with her comments about Trent, like the one where she goes, uh, uh, comments about his turtleneck tucked in. And I did think about it. I'm like, that is odd. It is odd to have a turtle. What is there? Is like, is it just button downs that should be tucked in or like t-shirts? Can t-shirts be tucked in? What's the protocol on this? I'm trying to remember the last time I wore a turtleneck and I think it might've just been never. Um, <laughs> Uh, certainly like button downs if you're wearing like nice pants or like any you know suit of course like you're you're tucking in uh i could like see a t-shirt if you're like wearing maybe like an overshirt or something like else on top of it maybe uh i don't know not a lot of things i'm not a big yeah. fan of like tucking it in you know yeah todd any, any thoughts there uh i i generally don't tuck, tuck my shirts in for the most part except you know the uh, dress shirts for work that's about it so not a big tucker, <laughs> big tucker. <laughs> so with these emails like paula and rebecca know that they could win the case with these but paula says if anyone finds out that they're stolen rebecca's gonna be in trouble so rebecca thinks well audra would use this but paula says yeah because she's a monster that's pretty judgmental for Paula, uh, right there. Uh, that Audra's a monster would be a monster for using material that was you know, received because of hacking. Because I mean, no, Paula has never violated anyone's privacy ever. Paula has never hacked. Like I can get behind Paula saying, "No, don't use this, Rebecca, because you could get in trouble and it could ruin your career." That is a valid reason not to use the material retrieved from hacking. But to equate that with like, well, Audra would use it because she's a monster, like. That's that's a little a little judgy. That's a little judgy right there uh, for someone who we have seen is more than willing to violate someone else's privacy just because of true love. So, 
yeah, she's not quite as uh, as precious about it in other situations. So the recess has ended. You know, Rebecca's ha has a chance to talk again, and she's asked if she has any more evidence. And we see her holding the folder, like internally struggling, like what to do? Should she present this or or not? And she's kind of she's starting to talk, but hasn't really gotten any full words out yet. And Greg seems to be paying attention now, and he's like, something's wrong. And we see this flashback to, again, when Rebecca and Audra were kids. And Rebecca is saying that she's going to be the happiest. And Audra says, that's stupid. Who cares about being happy? Um, and that's something that, you know, has been in place since the pilot, obviously, where, you know, Rebecca is talking about happiness and trying to find it and get truly happy. Happiness has been, you know, a, a theme we've been looking at throughout the show. So... Rebecca in the courtroom, you know, she starts talking and now she seems more confident. She seems to have decided what she's doing. She's saying this case comes down to facts. People are being exploited and, you know, the evidence we've given proves that. And I hope you don't roll out, rule out Bert's evidence just because he has a few issues. But no matter what happens, I'm going to continue to fight for everyone until they receive justice. And as we've already seen, I know nothing about the law. So <laughs> is is it true that they could just like not count any of Bert's evidence based on his diagnosis? Like, is that a thing? I really don't know. I don't know if they could like technically really throw it all out, but they could definitely call into question his credibility as a witness. Uh, especially this doesn't seem to be a jury trial. I think it's just like the, the judge and not a jury. And so if it's something that definitely would have some, some bearing on it. I don't know if you could like really just go, oh, this man has been diagnosed as schizophrenic. We can't listen to anything he says, but it would definitely like hurt the his evidence, I think. Uh, but I do think the show is like treating it as like it's an automatic, you know, strike just because the man has been proven to have some mental issues, which I don't think is the case. Uh, but again, not a lawyer. So Greg has been watching this on the TV, and after Rebecca gives that speech, she says she's crazy. And then Heather turns to him and says, I know what's happening. I've seen a lot of Hallmark movies and the look on people's faces before they run and confess their feelings. That's the look on your face right now. And Greg is protesting to this. He's like, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what's happening. You know, I used to like her, but no, not anymore. Um, and Heather says, I don't want to be your backup plan. And then we get the next song in this episode, Don't Settle For Me. Lo love a callback. Yeah. Call back. And this is the first solo Heather song. I mean, Greg sings a little bit, but uh, up until now, we've the only time Heather sang before now, I think, was in California Christmas time. I think that's the only time that we've got Heather singing True. at all. Uh, so it was nice for Heather to get, uh, get a nice little solo song. It's nice to have a callback to Settle For Me, which is like, one of our our favorite songs uh, of of the series, I feel like, um, and uh, I just I just really like this. I just really like this moment uh, to have Heather being Heather, but in song. You know, it's a it's a nice moment. I also want to say that you guys almost got like a Hallmark movie uh, game off of this little conversation. Like, if I'd had more time to come up with crazy Hallmark movie titles or plots, that would have been a your your game this week. So uh, I don't know if you'd be thankful or sad that that didn't happen, but just. I'd throw that out there. I'm gonna not say anything. 
just in case it happens <laughs> later to to not <laughs> tip you one way or the other. Uh, there is like something very cool about like Greg singing the first settle for me and then Heather singing don't settle to me, uh, don't settle for me to to Greg. I liked it. Uh, you know, I love a reprise. Everyone knows very famously <laughs> I love a reprise. So uh, I'm like all for this. Yeah, I liked it, and I like I like just the action of like Heather like recognizing this and not like you know being blind eye to it and be like no like go like this is not this is not healthy for either of us uh, here and like yeah I thought the song was good the homework thing okay I want to pitch this maybe this is a, a crazy theory or you guys gonna be like this is obvious it's either it's one or the other. <laughs> Tommy has two extremes. That's basically yeah. <laughs> okay. So like they they mentioned this with Greg about the homework movie, but I would say that like the three guys in this episode, each one, each of their stories could have been a Hallmark movie in a certain light. You look at Trent, it's this Hallmark movie of uh, a guy you meet online, like meet online and then they start to bond. And then it's like, obviously this version is way creepier, but I'm saying like that I've seen movies like that. Then you got Josh who it's their bonding over this case. And then it's like this romantic Hallmark type thing. And you got Greg, the person where it's like this, well, they won't then. Craig's fighting away. And then finally, at the end, he he goes to confess her, his feelings. I feel like all of, they were really pushing the Hallmark movies here, in my opinion. But I think the Trent storyline is more of a Lifetime movie than a Hallmark movie. <laughs> okay, we'll call it Lifetime. <laughs> God, I feel like it's more like How to Catch a Predator. Like, Chris Hansen's about to come out. and. I'm... I mean, if you, you watch some some lifetime movies, there's some a uh, some pretty like a sketchy sketchy storylines out there. But uh. I I was saying I like your theory, Tommy. I totally see that. There's lots of romance. You know, if you kind of look at it out of context in this episode, I think the problem that you run into here is that it's all with the same woman. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that's exactly what the show is trying to be like. It's we. The problem is it's too much. It's. Too much soup. <laughs> too much soup. Yeah. You know, like when you have a soup and there's like too much in it, it's like it could still be a good soup, but there's just too much ingredients. More of a stew. Yeah. You just, your meat, your potato, your carrots. That's all you need. You just save that unused soup for later, Tommy. Oh, good God. We need them. All right. Uh... <laughs> I'm sensing we should move on. We should. <laughs> But basically, the moral of the Heather song is that she tells Greg to go see Rebecca. You know, I like that she's she's very straightforward. You know, we've seen her throughout the show so far be, be like an observer of everyone else's problems and adventures and everything. Like she's been in the background, like eating her Toblerone, like seeing what everyone else is up to and just enjoying it. And so it makes sense that she can see exactly what Greg's feelings are here. And she doesn't want to get in the way of that. And I like that. So yeah. we go back to the court. Oh, sorry, what? No, I, I agree completely. Yeah, I was gonna say I love that they didn't go the this stereotypical oh she's jealous oh she gets upset route, which they easily could have done. Yeah, but no, they had Heather was chill and understanding, and you know, which was awesome. And she saw through it like pretty easily, I think, too. Right? Like she'd been so uninvolved before, and just like watching Greg watch Rebecca at like a court, uh, she was able to like put it all together immediately. So. So we see the court back and the judge has made their decision and the judge rules in favor of the defendants. So Audra's side, because they raised serious doubts about the evidence that was presented and it's a sad moment, you know, and Rebecca 
is obviously disappointed and she turns to everyone who's you know sitting there all the people involved in the lawsuit and she apologizes to everyone you know she genuinely feels i mean she got into this case because she just wanted to spend time with josh but by the end here she really feels like i'm representing these people and i let them down and i feel really bad about it but then they stand and give her a slow clap and I've always wanted a slow clap, guys. <laughs> never, these show, no, no, I need to earn it. No, don't do no, I need to earn the slow clap. <laughs> the shows like this have have put it in my head that at some point in my life I need to earn, I need to get this slow clap, and I've never earned a slow clap. And I don't I don't want pity slow claps. I want a <laughs> okay. I want a genuine at some point in my life it will happen. I feel it. I, yeah. I love this because they, they start doing the uh, the flooded with justice song again, and they're doing the slow clap as as the beat to it. But they also start saying slow clap over and over <laughs> as they are doing the slow clap. That's, yeah, I think that that joke makes me laugh more than anything else in the flooded with justice uh, songs anywhere else. Just the slow clap, slow clap. And Rebecca's surprised that you know. They're not mad at her. They appreciate her. But Paula's like, you know, you gave them a voice. Like, you were doing a lot for them. And I think it's nice for Rebecca, you know, to know that her efforts weren't for nothing. Like, she made these people hopeful and she fought for them. Even though they didn't win this specific, you know, case right here. She was she was trying. She was trying. So Audra comes up to her and is basically like, I think we can agree that... I've won in general. And Rebecca doesn't respond with anything mean. Like we saw earlier in the episode, their, you know, rap battle, they were going at each other. But here, Rebecca is really responding with I, kindness, I, I guess. Like she's like, you know, take care of yourself. Don't forget to be happy. That's what's really important. And she's not saying it in like a condescending way. She's saying it in like, I genuinely want you to remember that, you know? And Audra says, I am happy. This is what happy feels like, which is exactly what Rebecca said in the first episode. Obviously, we see a flashback to that. And I love that they bring that in in this moment. Yeah, it's, it's obvious that, you know, through the whole episode with the flashbacks and everything that, you know, Rebecca sees Audra as what she was or, or what she could have been. And she sees that mirror and she knows how unfulfilling that can be and so she's it's funny because we don't necessarily see signs that audra is breaking down like rebecca was breaking down so there's a question like okay is is rebecca just projecting onto audra thinking that she had problems with it so audra had problems with it or is there really something you know below the surface of audra at this point i don't think it's really clear you know whether it's you know Audra is really in trouble or not. I think you. I think the signs are like the flashbacks point that way, but like present day Audra, you don't necessarily see the the cracks start to show, like the cracks were showing with Rebecca earlier. But I think it's like a really interesting thing where Rebecca is just like seeing this mirror of herself and is just like you said, like she's concerned. She's concerned for Audra. They've had this contentious relationship their entire lives, and Rebecca's even like, no, we should just, you know put away all of this stuff that we have just because our mothers pitted us against each other. You no, know, that's, that's the reason why we're against each other is because of this and we shouldn't be. 
and but Audra is not hearing that because Audra is still in that mind space of like I have to be the best. I have to do whatever it takes to be the best. And I finally won. I, and that's the thing I think for Audra is like beating Rebecca. Rebecca never had that because Rebecca was always better than Audra. And so Rebecca was able to be a little bit more like we should team up because a uh, you know I, I don't have I, I can extend that kindness, but Audra has always like had to try to live up like she's been like kind of like you know Rebecca always heard about living up to Audra being from her mom. Audra's trying the same thing from Re about Rebecca, but Audra couldn't live up to Rebecca and now she finally beat her. And so now Audra's like just reveling in that at this moment in time. So I just think it's like a really interesting uh way that they handled that. Yeah, and it's also like interesting in the sense that like where Rebecca has come from come and like how far she's already come, but like what the show does do beautifully is like it you have this moment where it's like she's you see that growth of like she is concerned and she's showing concern, but then in the next like bit, and I won't say it yet, but it's like she she just does things that I'm like, Oh, Rebecca, you're you're, you're still got so far to go. <laughs> come on, girl, you got this, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, you always want to root for Rebecca, but she's doing some things sometimes where you're like, oh, why? Why that? Why that thing? Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you look at our like our truly happy rankings, like the number of times Rebecca has made it to the like person that's made us truly happy is very, very minuscule in the grand scheme of the show. And it's a uh, it's a uh, kind of sad, but it's because like we we want to root for her. But it's hard for her to make us really happy because she just sabotages herself so much. And so it's hard to be happy for her because you're feeling bad for her. So it's not that you're like necessarily angry with her or not liking her. It's just like, oh, she just is doing stuff. And you're just like, you want her to do better. I was actually surprised. I was thinking about that recently, about the truly happy and how I haven't chosen Rebecca very often. And I was surprised by that because I would have thought before we were doing the podcast, I was like, oh, I love Rebecca. Like, she's awesome. Like, she obviously, she doesn't always make the best decisions, but I'm always rooting for her. She's entertaining. And I found myself surprised that I haven't chosen her very much, at least so far. I mean, that could definitely change. We'll see what happens through the rest of the show. So we're almost we're almost to the end of the episode. So outside the courthouse, we see Daryl. He is talking to White Josh and apologizing for asking him to hide. And then he just yells out to the open, I am bisexual. It's like, okay, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm I have a crush on this guy, or I'm having drinks with this guy, or something like that. With this gay and man. Yeah. This gay man. This gay man. And someone walks by and is like, oh well, you know, out of your league. Good for you. Which white Josh replies, he looks like Tom Selleck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> does he though? Do. Does he? Does he really? It's, it's just the mustache. It's just the mustache. You get rid of that mustache, Daryl looks nothing like Tom Selleck. I think so, a little bit. I mean, he certainly has the stash for it, but you don't think he looks yeah. like Tom Selleck a little bit? Uh, no. No. Okay. He's <laughs> got the big forehead. I, think, I was a. Uh, I see it a little bit, but not very much, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, my mom was a huge Tom Selleck fan, so I basically was you know forced to watch pretty much everything that Tom Selleck was ever in. A uh, Tom Selleck up. quiz. <laughs> I, Ooh, I interesting. It, but I, uh, no, sadly. 
you brought up so many things that it's not. So I'm really curious. Yeah, it's actually going to be like a little thing that we like would never have thought of. It's going to be like mac and cheese sandwiches across the world. Yeah, <laughs> like types of cheese, uh, types of candy. Oh God, that! Oh my gosh, I hope it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I love candy. Okay, <laughs> so then we got the big. The big ending of the episode. So first what happens is this reporter approaches Rebecca and is talking to her about getting to the bottom of the story. Like, even though they lost this case today, like, he wants to, you know, keep investigating on it. And she gives him those emails and, you know, tells him, oh, you didn't get that from me, you know. And, Tommy, you brought up an interesting question in our notes for this. Like, has Rebecca actually grown? Because even though she didn't use the evidence in court, like, she's still handing it out. <laughs> That's that was what I was saying. Like it's like I saw that growth in the last scene, and then it's like this. It's like there was no growth. She did not morally grow. She she's still doing it, but like kind of in the under underhanded way. It's like it's not on her now, but still stolen material. It's still like shouldn't be used, even though like even though it's hard because even though the company is in the wrong too, should you also do a wrong to do a right? I don't know. That's a whole other issue that I don't think we need to dive into. I don't know. I think I don't I don't really know the answer, but I, you know, I thought it was interesting. Like, is there a difference between her presenting that in court and anonymously giving it to the reporter? Responsibility, I guess. Like, maybe it's not going to be. I don't know. She, like, did make a point of, like, you didn't get this from me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much, like, time we need to spend on it, but I don't know. I think I agree with Tommy's point of, like, ah, she didn't, like, really... Yeah. Like, you know, it was like classic Rebecca of like one step forward and then like you take that step right back. Yeah, I think the the lesson that she learned was a uh, if she'd done it before, she would have been doing it to keep Josh's respect in her. If she'd done it before, she would have been doing it largely because she was wanting to, to be with Josh. This way, she's trying to still do the right thing, but not taking credit for it. So I guess in that way, it's kind of a step in the right direction to a certain degree. Like she's trying to get this information out there, trying to help out, but she's not doing it in a way that's, that's to further her relationship with Josh. So I think in a way it is a step in the right direction. Uh, so maybe morally it's questionable, but in terms of like her motivations, she's doing it to try and do good things for all these people instead of trying to do it so that she can spend more time with Josh or get with Josh. See, so I think in that way, it is a little bit of growth for her. The only thing I, I will counter though is I don't, I feel like the reason she didn't do it in court is not because like, I feel like if no one else was there, she would have done it. I think she just didn't want uh, Joss to see her do it in case that came out. I think she didn't want Paula, who already knew that was illegal information. She didn't want them to disappoint people because she still got the results she wanted. The information is still out there and, and potentially going to to do something. But it's like her action of like speaking to the judge and doing that. It's like I wonder if that was her intention all along, but she was going to pursue it anyways, but just not in front of people. She'd be more sneaky, undercover, you know. I don't know. I, I don't I don't see her. I, I feel like the speech that she gave a, a bit with the flashback and everything. I feel like the speech that she gave was really a more heartfelt thing. And I think she I got the idea to give the thing whenever the reporter came up and talked to her. I think it was more of a spontaneous thing instead of her planning to do a, a sneaky thing later. I just I don't see that yeah. being like a premeditated thing with her. But okay. but it's like a there are layers to it. Like it, there's lots of different ways to, to look at and interpret it. Yeah. One more thing. She didn't approach the reporter. Like the reporter was talking to her. That's so that's, true. that's another point there. 
but yeah, I did think that was an interesting thing to discuss. And I'm very interested to see everyone's reaction to this next scene because it involves some things that multiple people here take issue with. Uh, first of all, making out in public. <laughs> Second of all, uh, Josh, you know, that's Adams. <laughs> yeah, just Josh, period. <laughs> so, okay, here's what happens. So Josh and Rebecca are talking in the courtroom and Josh brought Rebecca some chocolate. <laughs> I love how it comes back to the chocolate there. And she's apologizing, you know, because she didn't win the case. But he's like, no, like, you were brave. You're not perfect, but no one is. And you tried really hard today. And he's being so kind to her, which I'm sure she didn't expect because she thought, you know, I let all these people down. You know, they should have been mad at me and everything. And Paula, meanwhile, is watching from, you know, just outside the door. She's watching everything that's happening. And Rebecca tells Josh that she wanted him to be proud of her. And Josh says, I didn't know you thought about me that much. And then Josh kisses Rebecca. And oh my gosh, just so that's happening. And Paula is still watching and she is obviously amazed and so excited. You you gotta be, <laughs> we can delve into Paula's um what must be going on with her but also that is the exact moment that greg shows up oh my gosh <laughs> such drama where should we even start here i have a confession to make <gasps> <gasps> between the spectacle of everything to finish off this episode and the music that was swelling behind them. I loved this moment of them kissing. What? <laughs> oh, my brain is broken. Who would have thought that that <laughs> happened? I like very intentionally did not put that in the notes today. I didn't want to give away my thoughts. I was captivated. Oh. Each time, could... I was like just staring at the screen, like mouth open both times. I was like, oh, my... I was like getting anxious. I was like, oh my God. And then it happened. And there are so many problems with it. Just so, so many problems. Josh like knows that Rebecca's with someone else. Rebecca knows that Josh is with someone else. They're in the middle of a public courtroom. There are so many problems. Just so many problems. Josh just got, you know, over Rebecca, like doing her whole conspicuous thing with the rock going through the door and breaking into his apartment. There's so much bad, but gosh, it felt good to like get that moment of them. I was into it. This is the cherry on top of the Adam Downpole episode. Like just <laughs> 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 He's having Trent in his house while Josh and Rebecca are making out in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I I am oh, still nowhere near pro Josh, but I don't know. Yo, and man. Kevin questions to everyone. Man, they did this scene so well, and they they got me. I am like speechless. I my mouth has been open for this entire time. I cannot believe that this is your reaction. I'm thrilled that you were so caught up in the in the drama and you know the the cinema of this moment that you loved it i'm so excited like that's amazing but i am so shocked i can't <laughs> even believe it 
I, I cannot wrap my head around it. I, I, I was I was coming in prepared. Okay, Adam Rant. Adam Rant incoming. And then we've been barreling towards this moment all episode, apparently. And they, uh, then we barreled in the direction I did not expect. I'm like, yeah, oh, That's the thing about barrels. You never know where they're going to go. It's the one downside, I guess. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be the voice of reason here. I have issues. And, but... <laughs> 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 but it's with a lot of people uh first off paula give them some privacy close that door no watching how okay. else is greg gonna see though exactly it could have solved all our problems and she just closed the door and said she's sitting there again with that popcorn she's just watching the show then with them there's issues obviously i know you mentioned them obviously they both know that and yes i get the music was swelling and stuff it's just hard for me to support this relationship. I cannot support it. I, I don't the support it. I hate it, Tommy. I hate their relationship. But goddamn, this scene was good. <laughs> uh, Adam, easily manipulated by the swelling music. I am a good... I, oh my God. I can't even look at Adam now. I'm going to look at the other <laughs> half of my screen. <laughs> Lydia, do we agree awesome. on this? I am so... I mean... I didn't even, I was just, assume, I just came into this assuming you would hate it. I didn't even think about what I thought. I, <laughs> I'm always, like, you always hate it. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, like, defending it, like, just by default. So I just was like, I don't have a position. I didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> I I guess I'm kind of, like, on the fence. I mean, I, I think I feel conflicted because, yeah, it's, it's a moment. Like, it it's the drama it's that's great i love it it's entertaining but yeah i don't think this is a good thing to be doing so that's where i'm at at this moment um still still shocked but another aspect of this scene is that paul is from the door and i and i think there's no way she would close the door like she is the woman who put a camera in a pin on Rebecca's dress on Thanksgiving and watched a live video feed all day. <laughs> Even when she was like in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> there is no way Rebecca, I mean, Paula is not watching Josh kiss Rebecca. Like, this is Paula's moment just as much as it's Rebecca's. Paula has worked so hard for this and she gets to see the product of all her hard work. Like, it's it's so fitting that she's there to see this moment i don't think it would be like as grand if paula wasn't there right well and that's that's paula right is like she has so much stuff that we'll find out later with her life and she just pushes all those all of her wants and she pushes onto rebecca and all this pressure and all this stuff it's like you're right she has worked for this but should she should she work for it no <laughs> not certainly even not but she no. did she did. <laughs> yeah, she did and again we still have not found out on the show everything that she has done to make this happen uh and so but yeah like, like i said i mean this is uh you said this is her moment almost as much as rebecca that might be her moment more than rebecca's moment in a lot of ways uh at, at this point in time uh yeah but that's not the only thing that's going on there's still one other thing to happen here well yeah so i want to talk about paula's reaction outside of the door with Greg. So Greg is there, obviously was there to confess his feelings for Rebecca. 
and is obviously upset by what he's seeing with Josh kissing Rebecca. Like, that must be a horrible feeling. And Paula turns to him and says, I'm sorry, you're a nice guy, but those two are meant to be, like, you must see that. I do not like the way that Paula is talking to Greg here. I feel like it is so just, like, insulting really it's like you know you're fine but but these two they're destined to be together like what like you know you you know that it's obvious like why are you here i didn't i didn't like it what did did y'all think um i i think it's like hard to say i like went back and rewatched this scene because i like saw your comment on there and i was i you know i i think i like didn't mind it I don't know. I think like the way that she like first turns around, she's like, Oh, Greg. And I think like you can hear like, she's, I think that she's like genuinely upset for Greg. I don't think that it's like an ingenuine reaction. there. She's obviously like elated for what's happening between Rebecca and Josh, but I don't think that like she's being fake with Greg here. I think that like, she's being very real. And I, you know, I think I appreciated that. I think that's probably a big part of my problem with it. Like her voice is like seeping with pity. Like, oh, like you have no chance. Like she genuinely feels bad for him because he's got no shot now. And it's like, excuse you. Like Greg is like his own person. And just because Josh kisses Rebecca one time doesn't mean that she will never look at Greg. Like you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. I think my issues with it is like, I think the beginning is good. And I think you're right. Like, I think like she's, she's giving a little sympathy. I think she then, as Paula does, she makes it about Josh and Rebecca. It's not great. Like focusing on Greg, who's hurting right here. It's like, well, you need to just like, forget your feelings for a second and like be happy. Like she can't help herself from being elated. Even if she's trying to um, be compassionate to Greg. And I guess that comes from like how much of a friend is Greg at this point to her. And like, you know, it, it goes to that too, but I, I think she could give him a little more sympathy and like not show her Rebecca Josh flag as, as much in his face. Yeah. If she had stopped at the, Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. And just stopped there. It would have been one thing, but to go for the full, like they are fated to be together. Uh, is just like, a, yeah, yeah, Polly, you, you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say the quiet part out loud. You know, we know that's what you're thinking. We know that you've been like focused on them being like star crossed lovers since the first episode. And you have like, this is like true romance, fairy tale, storybook romance. And that is why you are obsessed with, with getting them together. But you don't have to say that to Greg in this moment. You could have just like been sympathetic and that's it. So yeah, I, I can see it. It didn't really bother me in the moment, but I can see why, why it bothered some other people. So uh, then we end this episode with Greg walking away. Obviously Paula is elated and Josh and Rebecca, you know, pull away and look at each other. And that's the episode except for the ending scene, which is golden. So Rebecca is making Trent leave her place and, you know, pushing him out the door. And he says he wants to read her a letter that he wrote. And he pulls it out and starts saying, dear Rebecca, Nora Bunch. And she's like, nope. (laughs) And shuts the door in his face. Very good. I liked that. I I really did enjoy that ending scene there. The, you know, dear Rebecca, Nora Bunch. No. (laughs) Would you hear him out, Adam? 
Uh, no, I think at this point, like once you've kissed Josh, I think you're like bought in. I don't think that there's <laughs> a lot more to do there with with yeah. uh, with Trent. Hey, Josh, this is my living. Uh, this is my living <laughs> boyfriend. He just makes food for us. It's fine. <laughs> he's gonna rub your feet, but you can wear your bathing. You can suit. wear your bathing suit. Okay. Don't be weird. Uh, he's just at the foot of the bed. It's really no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did enjoy this ending scene. Yeah, I love that that Trent is still just like this funhouse mirror version of Rebecca, you know, down to the letter and everything. You know, it's just it's so good. And that's our episode. That's the episode. That is season one, episode 13 of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We are already quite a ways into this podcast, but we're not done yet. We have a game to play here at Todd's Game Corner. back from the theme song of Todd's Game Corner right there. You just heard it. Um, Loved it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, you know. And here we are. Todd, so we're here. We have another guest on. The first time we had a guest was the uh, infamous beer quiz that lasted <laughs> a long time where Melissa and Lindy battled myself and we went <laughs> ages listing beers so much until, beer talk <laughs> until they ultimately prevailed and where shout we find ourselves Melissa right now yes huge shout out to Melissa um, they ultimately prevailed and where we find ourselves now is a score of 7 to 5 I am still in the lead uh, not that many episodes left in season 1 but it scores 7 to 5 Tommy you're here as a guest and as all our guests do you have the option of picking someone to team up with for this quiz. Now, your options are, of course, me, your good buddy Adam, who you've been working with for six months on this musical. We're good friends, you know. Or Lindy, someone who you've never met before until tonight. You often say that you guys are the same person. So <laughs> it's totally up to you. Who you want to pick right now to be on a team with. So, so I'm torn because honestly, I, I was going to come in and pick Adam based on our history and stuff. But Adam, every take, you 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 gave me a Kevin question. <laughs> uh, you, you're going to have Trent in your house. I just don't know if I can support. I don't want to be in your house with Trent. I just don't know if I can support this right now. And for those reasons, I'm out on Team Adam. I had to go Team Lindy. So yet again. Yes. <laughs> Adam's chances were ruined because of his terrible takes. Yet again, <laughs> we have found ourselves in a situation where we are bringing friends on the podcast that I am very familiar with and Lindy doesn't know that are picking Lindy. You did this to yourself, Adam. I did this to myself. No one is surprised listening to this podcast. Absolutely no one is surprised. At Which is why point. I was going to pick you because it would have been the surprising thing for me to do is to pick a team, Adam. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's hop to it. No wasting time here on this game. Todd and Lindy versus me. Uh, I'm sorry, Lindy and Tommy versus me. I'm. It's late at night. It's like I don't have a game ready. I can try. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tommy makes the game. Uh, Yes. Okay, Todd. What do you have for us today? All right. So we're doing something a little bit differently today. Uh, It is going to be candy based. Oh. uh, 
So uh, I was going to do like my typical, you know, find weird names of candies and make up one. But as I started looking for weird candy names, pretty much everything I found was just like sexual innuendo candy names or bodily <laughs> fluid based candy names. I'm just like, yeah, no, we're not doing any of that. I'm not doing like X card, all of that. <laughs> So then I'm like, oh man, there's going to be something else I can do. So I started looking around. And so it's going to be a kind of a variation on something that we've done for lightning rounds. So it's going to be a higher or lower uh, quiz. And so okay. basically I, I went and I found a list of the top 10 best-selling candies in America okay. as of May of this year. And so what I'm going to do yeah. is there's going to be four questions, and then we have a tiebreaker because basically out of the top ten. So what I'm going to do for each each pair, I'm going to go uh, go back for you, and I'm going to give you the names of two candy bars, or two pieces of or two two types of candy, and you have to tell me on this top ten list which one is the be is the better seller. So it's basically out of these two, which one sells more so this is not a you know why do people say they like the most what do people say they think is the most popular this is like just you know straight up dollar amounts a uh which one is more popular and whenever i say the name of the candy it's like sort of an all-encompassing all-encompassing thing okay, so for example yep. yeah so if it's like an m&ms that en encompasses peanut plain almond all the different types peanut butter, and so, the and best so, kind of m&m yes yeah so for for quite a few of these wow, there Adam's are you know yeah, what's <laughs> Oh my gosh. I might I might have to switch teams now. <laughs> no. Uh, so, okay. So higher because you have one good good take. That's all it takes, Lindy. Your team <laughs> yeah. relationship is hanging on by a yeah. thread. Uh, Tommy's um, fickle. <laughs> all right. So uh I'm going to go ahead and since Lindy is still behind in the series, uh Lindy and Tommy will get to go first. So I'm going to tell you the name of a one candy bar and then ask you if the other one is higher or lower on the uh, best-selling candy list. So first of all, we're going to start off with Snickers. Is Snickers higher or lower selling than Hershey bars? Tommy, what are you, what are you thinking? So I, I, I'm wondering if this is – obviously, Hershey is a lot more options, right? There's a lot more different kinds of Hershey bars out there. There's only really – I mean, I guess there's a couple of different kinds of Snickers. They got the Snicker Bites. They got the – Yeah. But I think it is Snickers, I, but I think that he wants us to go Hershey. I don't know. I'm oh, that's weird because I feel like I was going to go Hershey – because you would think it's Snickers. I know. This is tough. You see the commercials of Betty White, and it's like, she's so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a Snicker. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll trust. Listen, I'm, I'm a newbie on this first one. Let's go with the Hershey. And then isn't, it, is like, isn't it so nerve-wracking? You're like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm just there. You just, I, I can't even look at him. I'm covering it up. <laughs> Uh, All right, pick so, the Hershey, Tommy. So Hershey. you think we should do her? I don't know. Now he said that. <laughs> it's all a psychological I, I think it's the Hershey makes more sense to me because there's a lot more prominent. Like people buy the dark chocolate. You buy the different kinds of Hershey's. Snickers really has the one, the one golden true, but it's a solid golden true candy bar. This is so tough. 
but we can't spend forever debating it. So let's Hershey. All right, Hershey, final answer. You made the right choice. Hershey's is indeed a, a the better selling candy bar. So that's one point for Team Lindy. Okay, well done. All right, next up is Adam. So yes. Adam, is Kit Kat higher or lower selling than Twix? Okay. I love Twix. Twix might be like my favorite candy bar. Uh, But that certainly like doesn't mean that it is the highest selling over Kit Kat. I feel like. Yeah, you know what? I, enough of like the strategy talk, Adam. It's just a team of one. What are we doing here? Uh, I think that Kit Kat is higher selling than Twix. All right, Kit Kat is indeed higher selling than Twix. We love to see it. All right, Man. so one to one or two to one two. One to one, right now. Okay, yeah. So uh, Tommy and Lindy. Next up, we have Skittles. And Twizzlers, which is higher selling, Skittles or Twizzlers? I can tell you what's better. (laughs) Which one's better? (laughs) Skittles. Okay. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I see everyone with Twizzlers. Like almost like they just got in their mouth just chomping away at it. I don't know. Do you think it's Twizzlers? It's, I'm going back and forth because like Skittles is great. You love Skittles. It's there. There's a lot of different kinds of Skittles. I guess there's, there's you know, taste the that take again. I, I'm leaning more Skittles, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if Twizzlers wins, but I, I am leaning Skittles. It's more name brand. Like I think when you're naming candies, I would name Skittles before I would name Twizzlers. Okay, let's go Skittles. Should have gone with your first <sighs> instinct. Oh, Lindy, Lindy you're, in, you're in charge of the answers now. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so Adam, uh, for the win, you, for the for the win, if you get this one, since there's no no options to to steal at all, if if you get this one, a uh, you get the win. So, final final options: Dove Bar, Three Musketeers. Who is eating Three Musketeers? That's like been my question for the longest time. I I I think it's the I don't even know what it's called. What's the thing that's in Three Musketeers? Nougat. Nougat. Who is eating nougat? People like this, you guys like nougat. This this was like an actual like I, I feel like you're just quoting Stranger Things season three or was it season two? But yeah, there's like an entire conversation in Stranger Things where one of the characters is talking about how Three Musketeers is not even a, a real candy because nougat. What even is nougat? I and I was offended it. because Three Musketeers is one of my all time favorite. Is it really? One of wow. my top three. Okay, I don't think I've ever like even remotely gone out of my way for a Three Musketeers. I think I've like seen Three Musketeers readily available to me and then just not had it. Um, wow. Okay, so it's Three Musketeers or Dove Bar. Dove Bars. See, that's tough, and I feel like Dove Bars are much more like specific. And oh man, I feel like I see Three Musketeers everywhere. I don't see people eating them. Okay, this is really tough, and it's for the win, too. So I'm like, I'm stressed out a little bit here. Um, (sighs) 
Todd's favorite candy being Three Musketeers, does that factor into this decision making at all? <laughs> uh, no, there's no way that I would have known that beforehand. Okay. I cannot pick Three Musketeers on the grounds of nougat, so I have to pick the Dove Bar. Uh, man, I hate that you got it that way, but indeed, Dove Bar is more popular than Three Musketeers. I thought it was Dove Bar. Ugh. So with I'm that, sorry. a score of two to one, Adam wins again. And just just for the record, so each of the pairings I gave you were right next to each other on the list. So oh, really? So these were number, like, it was like Hershey was number three, Snickers is number four, Kit Kat was number five, Twix is number six, Twizzlers number seven, Skills number eight. Dove Bar number nine, Three Musketeers number ten. I was gonna say I couldn't believe that we like didn't get like I think it, the big two that we didn't get were like M and M's. Yep. We didn't that was, see that was gonna be the, the, the tiebreakers, right? We yeah. didn't get those, to see those, Reese's either. Those are the top two. So that was gonna be the tiebreaker. Was was basically you know have you guys you know guess like which one of those was, was number one? Oh, I have no that idea which one would be higher. Do, do we want to like make this part of the game here? Because I would go with M and M's, and Lindy's I, going with Reese's. I don't think we need to make it part of the game. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I was just going to give us a <laughs> chance, Toddy. Just... I was trying. <laughs> no, no, because M&M's is number one. So that's oh, okay. If, if Reese's have been number one, I'm like, yeah, let's make it part of the game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. It's uh, hard when you like a candy because it's like Reese's is one of my favorite candies. So it's like, it's like, oh, if I would pick Reese's, even if it's not true. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think this is one of those ones where like M and M's has so many different varieties yeah. of M and M's. I think that really, really like factors in because you have like because you have chocolate and peanut and peanut butter and almond and caramel yeah. and you know brownie and Lord knows how many other different times of M and M's there are, and there aren't that many different times of, of Reese's peanut butter cups specifically. What it, you know named so. Um. That was the game. Lindy, it is a little devastating that the second guest came on, picked to be on your team, and he didn't get the win there. Tommy, how does that feel like coming on? I feel you still like feel I just, okay or I feel like I just let my best friend Lindy down. You know, like that's that's for me, like it just feels like she gave me a chance. She got the first one. We should have just went with her. But instead I was like, no, I, I wanna pick I wanna do something for the team, you know? And uh, I just I, I I fumbled the ball. No touchdowns were scored today. No touchdowns <laughs> were scored by Tommy today. It's okay. You showed up here for moral support as a friend, and I super appreciate that. Yeah, if you want, I can cook you couscous. Um... <laughs> uh, get me one. That's of those... where it stops. <laughs> get me one of those mac and cheese sandwiches, and we're golden. <laughs> okay, go. good. There you go. Do you friendship back on? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. As we are like nearing the two hour mark here, let's get into the final segments of the episode today, where we are going to give out some pretzels to the three songs that we have this episode. The first is Jap Battle. Uh, like I said before, when we talked about it, I loved it. I think this was really good. I gave it a 4.8 out of five. Todd, how about you? Oh man, this is, I've had the hardest time coming up with scores, for the songs on this episode. Uh, I think for this song, I am going to have to give it a 3.1 out 
because again, I appreciate it more than I like it. Okay, Lindy. I had a hard time as well, but I'm going to give this one a four. Fair enough. And Tommy. Yeah, I'm, I'm more on uh, Todd's side. I'm a 3.3. 3.3. Okay. Uh, still, I think, like, pretty good overall here for Jap Battle. The second song, Flooded with Justice. Big Lay Miz vibes. I loved it as well. I'm very high on all the songs this episode. 4.5 pretzels out of 5 pretzels for me. Yeah, again... It's like, I, I love the Les Mis of it all, but I just don't think it went big enough with the Les Mis and it just didn't quite land for me. But the slow clap, slow clap, slow clap part I, I bumps it up a little bit for me because that probably got the one of the bigger laughs of me out of the songs in this episode. So I guess I'm going to have to give it like a 3.2. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lindy. So this is a good song, but it's not necessarily my thing. So I'm going to go 3.5. Okay. A good song that's not your thing. Okay. And then Tommy. Adam, look out. There I am. I'm marching with you. Don't you worry. 4.5, baby. (laughs) We love to see it. 4.5 pretzels from Tommy helping the average for this song that I really do like out here. Flooded with Justice. And our final song of the episode, Don't settle for me i had it as well above a four at a 4.2 i think that's about where i'm going to land as well i think i think 4.3 for me but yeah i just i love heather in this moment i love a reprise i just love uh everything about this so yeah 4.3 for me amazing lindy i went with a four gotta love heather and tommy yeah i, I had a four too a four as well. Uh, this, uh, yeah, uh, everyone above a four on this uh, on this song does bring it up there pretty good. Uh, the final thing that we're gonna do this episode is say who made us truly happy. And so, I think today we will start with Lindy. Lindy, who in this episode made you truly happy? Well, I'm gonna make it two in a row for someone who I continue to find very cute, White Josh amazing yeah he, he's so good uh yes i yeah i love him so much it's great uh todd who made you truly happy oh i uh i love dwight josh in this but for me it's got to be heather uh just because she was so good at recognizing what's going on didn't get jealous didn't do the stereotypical thing wanted greg to be happy she was just chill as heather can be and she also got like her first you know, full solo song. So for me, it was Heather that made me truly happy this week. Amazing. Tommy, who made you truly happy this episode? I am also on team white Josh. He, he really like stood up for himself and then, but also still came for support. Uh, he, he was there. He was definitely doing some, some stuff that made me happy. I was torn between white Josh, Heather and the person that I am ultimately going to pick this week. Because just like how much I love that relationship between White Josh, I think Daryl edged it out for me this week from that one scene in the gym where he was doing the voices. I loved it so much. Daryl made me truly happy. Um, but really a lot of the characters made us truly happy. I love when we get a, like a nice mix of people who are uh, on this list each week because it's great. It just like shows how much that we love this show. And that's it. 
That's our final segment today. We have crested the two-hour mark, but that's okay. We have said who made us truly happy. We gave out our pencils. We we talked through the episode. We played the game. Anyone else have any final thoughts before we wrap it up today on season one, episode 13 of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? If not, we'll get out of here. Tommy, thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, this was incredible. We appreciate you so much for hanging out with us for a couple hours here and talking uh, CXG. This was amazing. No, thank you. It was so much fun uh, getting to uh, recap this with you. Uh, I've learned so much about my friends, my best friend, Lindy. Uh, and yeah, just excited to see this journey uh, that you guys are on and uh, follow along. Watch, maybe I'll get through season three and go into four because of you guys. And then you can put it on your <laughs> like, reviews, like, like, a, like a Yelp review. I'll be like, five stars. They got me through the season. It was great. Sure. Uh, would you come back, Tommy? Would you do it again? Anytime. I'll, my barrel is always, you can, you can, uh, you can break open the lid. And I'll, <laughs> okay. A barrel of go, fun. Yeah. After this is over, I'm going back in the barrel and then just sitting there until you open it back up. So please like relatively soon. I don't, you know, I'll lose air soon, but. <laughs> Tommy went uh, dark. Tommy went okay, dark. Wow. Putting, a, putting us on a shot clock there for Tommy's <laughs> life. To be, uh, we have to bring him back on the podcast. That was great. This was so much fun having you on. This was such an enjoyable time. Uh, we love having guests on. And I think that speaking of guests, I think now is the time to announce that next week we have another guest. We're going crazy with guests now that we've opened the floodgates. Our very good friend. All the way from Australia, we will be welcoming Austin Smith. Incredible. Another one of the DMs over the PSR Discord. He writes about Survivor for Inside Survivor. He is incredible. Uh, and I'm so excited to get to have him here. All of us are insanely excited that he is going to be talking with us about Season 1, Episode 14. But that's next week. Let's finish here today. Tommy. What are you up to? Where can people find you at? you got a lot going on. Tell the dear listeners all about it. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I do podcast myself. Uh, come check me out if you like what I talk about, maybe. Uh, we cover uh, Marvel and Star Wars content over at Star Wars with my good friend Michael O'Rear. Then also, I do a Declassified Survivor Guide where we recap Ned's Declassified, the classic uh, school guide that helped me. Uh, we cover that with my friend Jalen Jones uh, at the Classified Survival Guide. So, yeah, check me out there. If not, you can see me roaming the the, the mean channels of the PSR Discord. Uh, definitely go check out his podcast, especially the ones that both Todd and I were on. Uh, Tommy, don't be, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. People should go listen to your stuff. It's good stuff that you're doing over there at Star Wars and uh, your Ned's podcast as well. Uh, I love Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Um, it was a very formative show for me growing up. So um, it's great. That's Tommy. Todd, where are you at? What are you up to? Where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. And other than that, uh, yeah, this is basically what I'm doing these days. Uh, like like Tommy, like Lindy, like Adam, find me on the Post Show Recaps uh, patron discord. Uh, you can go and find our musical that the uh, Tommy, Adam, and I worked on and which our guest next week, Austin, was a cast member on the musical as well as was Melissa, our former guest. So, uh, yeah, you can go find that online uh, at right right now. It's available uh, at a uh, twitch.tv slash DM Philly. So, yeah. 
Amazing. Lindy, where are you at? What are you up to? Well, first I want to say, oh my gosh, I used to love watching Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide back in the day. That was so fun. Tommy, you got to have Lindy on. I was going to say, any of you that loves, anytime, you're all welcome, individually, or together, any combination. The whole barrel of us come on, yeah, even though I've in. never even seen this show. So. They come in as a full barrel or no barrel. Uh, <laughs> that would be really fun. And thank you, Tommy, for coming on our podcast. It was so fun to team up with you. I'm glad we're best friends now. It's awesome. And everyone can find me on Twitter at TVLindy, T-V-L-I-N-D-Y, and at our podcast Twitter at 1CXG Podcast. That's O-N-E-C-X-G Podcast. Yes, amazing. Uh, I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter at Piano Man Adam one You can also find me, I believe, our Yadis is over from uh, Kings of Neon, where every Sunday night, twitch.tv slash Philly, you'll find me playing Sebastian uh, in our game Kings of Neon, a City of Mist game where we're playing as gods and kings as we're exploring the city, trying to find out what's going on. So that's where you can find me there. Uh, and of course, the most important place that you can find me is right here at One Indescribable Podcast, where next week... We will be back with season one, episode 14, with Adam, with Todd, with Lindy, and with Austin. And with that, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.